Want to support the show and get free stuff while you do so? Go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Do you have any idea where you are? Uh. On the cutting edge, that's where. On the threshold of a new, patient, friendly era of dentistry. Behold. The dental environment of the future. It's an empty room. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> One of the best things about visiting the dentist is the feeling of joy you have when you're walking out of the office and back home knowing that you're hopefully a year away from having to go through that psychological torture again. And we here at the Dolls of Horror want to assure all you listeners that we totally understand how agonizing and uncomfortable it can be to talk about being tortured through your teeth. Which is why tonight we're giving you even more dentist horror. I mean, it wouldn't really be horror if it was never scary, am I right? So make sure you brush extra well tonight while the Dolls talk about 1998's The Dentist 2. And now... The Dolls of Horror. It's showtime. Hi guys, welcome back to the Dolls of Horror podcast, the spot to feed your tormented addiction. I'm Summer. And I'm Jamie. And tonight we are continuing our dentist torture fun with The Dentist Part 2 from 1998. Because, you know, uh, you can never have too much tooth torture, right? Never, never have too much tooth torture. (laughs) So this is a first watch for you, correct, Jamie? It sure was. (laughs) When did you first watch this one? I don't know. Maybe like 10 years ago or something like that. It was on TV. It had been a long time after I'd seen the first one. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And how was how was your rewatch experience, Summer? It was not nearly as enjoyable as the dentist part <laughs> one. <laughs> That's a fact. Yes. Yeah. It, um, I thought I liked this movie a lot better than I did. And I guess I was just playing it in the background and not actually watching it because it was like just playing and I couldn't find anything I liked about it. And it was just sort of blah. And I kept finding myself thinking about other things. You know, I will say when I watched it, it made me want to watch some other movies. So like Psycho 2, you know, where like. You know, where he's kind of going, he's at a a similar uh, stage in his uh, psycho timeline, I guess, if you will. Psychosis. (laughs) Yes, he's in a similar timeline of psychosis as our good doctor in this one. But so watching this one just made me like, I want to watch Psycho 2 right now. (laughs) Well, watching this one made me, because I mentioned this in the first one that we recorded on, I wanted to watch The Stepfather Part 2. Oh, yep. Mm -hmm. That also makes a lot of sense. Yes, because there are some crazy parallels between these two movies. Oh, yeah. Such as him escaping, starting a new identity, Mm -hmm. and, you know, basically all of that. And, I mean, the stepfather was based on an actual guy who actually did that. 
So it is possible to go and start an entire other life while you're still continuing with your original life. Mm -hmm. It is is possible. A complete possibility. This one, the dentist too, it had some plot holes for me. Like, well, we'll get Mm -hmm. into it. But Mm -hmm. I found myself (laughs) constantly saying, how did that work out? Oh, come on. Like, <laughs> right? This is so not possible. You know, <laughs> unless he was starting his new identities from like childhood, if he was one of those guys, then how exactly. is this even possible? Yeah, I know. There's a lot of questions, more questions than answers with this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, if you guys have not seen The Dentist Part 2 from 1998, the synopsis of this one is Dr. Finestone escapes from the mental hospital and settles in a Midwestern town where they already know him as Dr. Kane, hoping to resume a normal life, except he is still batshit crazy, so that doesn't work out too well. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nope. Directed by the same director as part one, Brian Yuxina, um, and then written by Dana Richard Dana Smith. Uh, let's see here. Well, let's just go jump right in with our favorite kill. Fatality. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, there aren't actually a, a whole lot of kills in this one. There but, are four. Um, only four. That is a very limited pool of kills to choose from. Oh, man. And now I'm thinking of it. And there's like a kill I didn't even like. It just like, uh, anyway, there's a kill that just like disappeared from my mind until now. But, um, okay. I'm going to say that my favorite is definitely, um, well, okay. I will say that Bev's corpse is my favorite corpse. Okay. <laughs> I like her corpse. Uh, her, everything that happens to her is pretty awful and terrifying. Um, I will give it that. But I think Clint Howard's kill is my favorite. Um, because, uh, you know, he's like the needle in the head and he's like drooling and his eyes are open the whole time. And then like the doctor is like panting over him like a wild animal afterwards. And then he buries him. So I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, that's a good one. I am going to go with Bev, of course, because it was such a torture scene and Unlike in part one, she does actually perish. Whereas in part one, a lot of people get tortured, but they do live. And it was just so gruesome. And ugh. And I was watching it with one eye open. Literally, I had a winky eye. I couldn't keep both eyes open. And I was turning away. I had to turn away several times. And then I had to turn back to see. But I was you like, oh, take your notes. Exactly. But I wasn't actually watching it. I just kept looking away. And when I was looking at it, I had one eye open. Literally, it was weird. I couldn't, I could not keep both eyes open. I, I really couldn't do it. It was so yeah. bizarre. I had a pillow like wrapped in my arms. Like I was like <laughs> curling up with a pillow and like kind of like, like ducking behind it and like peeking back up. <laughs> Did David watch this one with you? Not really. He was like sitting next to me, but I was like, I'm just going to warn you. There's going to be a lot of like drilling noises and stuff and <laughs> screaming that you're going to hear. But uh, no, I, he was there when I turned away to look away from the TV because he was the one I turned away and looked at. 
Henry walked into the bedroom while I was turned away with one eye open, like double whammy, turned away, one eye open. And he's like, what are you doing that for? This is gets to you? Because <laughs> I don't think he's ever seen that kind of reaction from me. Yeah. yeah, it's rare. It's rare. But no, Bev's whole situation um, with exposing the nerve and then he's talking to her like Jigsaw, let's play a game. And yeah, and and he's like, well, your nerve's exposed now. So here's what's going to happen. If you lie to me, this is going to hurt. <laughs> and it's like, I haven't even had the chance to tell the truth or a lie. Like, this, not, this game is not set up for me to win. Nope. Yep. And I mean, everything about it where they showed him drilling and all the tooth coming apart and ugh, the nerve, all of it. And that's all I could watch. So they probably showed way more because I turned away. <laughs> Everything that I did see was like awful. You know, that is like my worst, one of my worst nightmares. That yeah. happening. I'm yeah, not going to go to the dentist for years after this. And he had her strapped in feet and hands. And then the mouth thing, like keeping her mouth open. That is the worst thing. That is the worst thing other than the drill than the dentist himself. Well, yeah. And you have a a situation where you had a mouth open while the dentist had his own little medical emergency. I know his blood sugar crashed like while he was <laughs> while he was there, like in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, so Bev is my favorite kill because of all that goes into it. It is so gruesome. It is so gross. It's I couldn't watch it. And if I can't watch it, I mean, it's got to be the favorite because I could watch everything else. But that one made me go, oh, God, no, 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 that oh, no. Was, that one was really bad. And I felt for Bev a lot because she mm -hmm. seemed like a nice she seemed like a nice enough girl. Like if I worked with Bev, I feel like we'd get lunch like she seemed nice. Yep. She was like a little investigative spirit. You know, she's I she get that. You. I'm curious <laughs> and nosy, too. Yep. Oh, God. And I, okay. And like, we haven't even gotten to the fact that like there's a character named Jamie in this movie. Yeah. And I totally just like, I was like, oh my God, it's literally like me. It's literally like the dentist saying, Jamie, open up, open your mouth. And I'm, no. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. get to Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just so gross. So gnarly and nasty. But also very effective, right? Very, yeah, very. All right, um, shall we move on to our fashion moment? Young, hot, and an attitude that says, who cares? It's only fashion. That Hansel's so hot right now. You, have, right. A, you have a fashion moment you're pretty proud of, I believe. Yes, because I had this, actually, in my life, and it, it was my favorite thing for a long time, actually. And that is Bev's... Um, First of all, I was having a hard time finding a fashion moment. I was struggling to make a lot of notes on this, and I was making panic notes. And this was like when I did open my eyes long enough in Bev's, tor Bev's torture scene to see it. I was like, oh, my God, yes. And that would be her, her chunky jelly sandals. That was my pick, too. And I knew awesome. it when you, when you said that you had it. I was like, oh, we picked the same thing. Mine were black, all black. Hers were orange with black, but mine were all black and they were like high heels t-strap really would be cute if they were actual shoes too you know and um mm. i had a black pair and i want to say i had like a, a neon green pair or something as well but i know i didn't have orange because i don't like 
care for orange, but yeah, I'm like, I have those shoes. I had those shoes. Those, those are my shoes. I loved them. <laughs> did you have I, a pair exactly like that? I didn't, but I wish I did. <gasps> They're so fun. Yeah, that's my fashion moment too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, it was in my ugly duckling phase. So I don't think I have any pictures of me wearing them anymore, but I know I used to. Oh, yep. well, if you find any, what happened to them? Are they gone? Do you still have them? Are they in your closet somewhere? Oh, no, those ones are gone. They, um, nah. eventually they ripped because, you know, it's plastic. S- <laughs> but, you know, jelly sandals were like the thing for forever and a day. I had them ever since I was a small child. Oh, jelly sandals, jelly. I feel like there were other jelly things too, but yeah, that was my note. Was like jelly sandals. I want yeah. a pair. Still, still, but only if they look exactly like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. Yep. I love those sandals. Still do. Wish I had them. Maybe they make them still. Maybe I can find them on Wish or something. I bet. <laughs> I bet they're out there. Mine came from Target. I know that. Aww. <laughs> Yes, but the exact same style of those shoes, I had them, and it was great. They were definitely my favorite version of the jelly sandal. So cute. Other than that, there's not a lot of fashion stuff that stands out. I mean, I always got to mention a good robe. So, you know, there's the black robe that um, Brooke Brooke was wearing, I think. Mm -hmm. Is that that Brooke? Um, And it has, like, flowers. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there was a good robe. But not my favorite fashion moment. And other than that, meh, meh. Yelp. So, yeah, I couldn't find any other fashion moments. And I'm lucky I opened my eyes at just the right moment to see that. <laughs> because I almost missed it. I almost didn't uh-huh. see it. Because they, they gave you a close-up of her shoes and her feet yep. squirming as she was being tortured. And then you really didn't see them again. Nope. That's, yeah. It was just like a couple quick shots of them. Yep. <laughs> okay, moving on to best hair. This doesn't concern you, Lafleur. Not nearly as much as your hair does, that's for sure. I actually don't have one. That's one of my notes that was left blank because I, <laughs> I couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. Ugh, there wasn't a lot of looks that were like, no. yeah. I do have one... Um... But that was just like a panic pick, kind of, because I was like, well, I need somebody. Somebody's hair has to speak to me. Um, So Bev, um, I just like that she's got like a scrunchie kind of up top. Mm -hmm. And it's like just kind of wild. (laughs) And, you know, just scrunchie that top up there. And yeah, that's fine. That works. Kind of like how I wear my wild hair anyway. So I should have picked that, but I didn't. Like she has hers kind of like a, like uh, a, front kind yeah. of towards the top um but yeah that's that's all i got i love <laughs> bev she's my favorite character i mean too like i said if she was my coworker, i'd go out to lunch with her all the time like she just seems fun i'd go shopping with her go to the coffee shop with her mm, coffee uh, now i'm thinking about more coffee um <laughs> but yeah bev is cool i like her i like her curious like spirit you know she's like What's up with this guy? This doesn't seem right. I gotta figure this out. Yeah. And she knew something was off. She knew something was wrong. Um, But you know what? It got her killed, too. I was gonna say, this is a very, very good lesson of... um, This is a perfect example of curiosity killing the cat. It's science. (laughs) Um, 
So she also reminded me of the um, the Patrika Darbo character in In the Line of Fire, um, where she plays a bank teller. And she's just all bubbly and cute and happy and chit-chatty. And the John Malkovich character comes and wants to do some banking, you know, but he's not who he says he is. And she turns out to be from the hometown that he says he's from. And she's just talking about it and stuff and talking and asking questions. And so he has to follow her home and kill her for it. If she had just kept her mouth shut and not been so friendly... She would still be alive today. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, yeah, I, I think that like I might die in a horror movie because I'd be that person who was like asking yep. all the questions and was curious and mm-hmm. it was a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And Bev was like, you know, have you ever been to Los Angeles or just asking these these probing questions <laughs> as she's as she's in the dentist chair yeah, and it's like not girl good. girl ask those questions from behind like a huge brick wall with like a moat around it yep if you're gonna ask it at all ask the police these questions don't ask the man while you're strapped into his chair yep <laughs> okay well shall we move on to um talking about our cast yeah. Okay. Well, of course, we already talked about Carbon Bernson is Dr. Feinstone from our Dentist Part 1 episode. And of course, we already mentioned that he has assumed the identity of Dr. Kane here. And we have Linda Hoffman as Brooke, his wife, again, which is fun because, as I told you in Part 1, that um, she's not dead. You think she's dead? She's not dead. She didn't die. She's alive. And she looks pretty good, too. Um, she looks fabulous, and she's fueled by revenge. So fueled by revenge. It's pretty great. She knows her husband is out there. She knows where he's at, apparently. But she's not saying anything, because her tongue is cut out. And she just writes to him, you know, the answers in the postcards. Like, I guess she knows he's at one of these places, but you're Mm -hmm. his wife. You don't know which one he would be going to. Yeah, I know. It's like, where does your husband have, like, another identity established? Because he's probably there. Right. It's like she knew. She knew he had all these alter egos. Maybe he has a new identity for each postcard. Wow, that is a lot of work. How did he go to dentist school and, like, make (laughs) that happen? Right. Well, he just changed the name for each town, but... Yeah, because, you know, didn't they say the real Dr. Kane was dead? I think they, yeah, I think Bev discovers that. Yeah, so that he just assumed that identity of another Dr. Kane. Uh, but, but yeah, so how many towns does he have, um, you know, stake in? How many towns is he in? It could be your town or my town or any of you listeners' towns. And he always picks the small towns with the small little banks where everyone knows your name, right? Because, you know, he's like, I lost my key to my safety deposit box. So instead of, like, demanding identity or, you know, identification, they're just like, oh, we'll just open it. Yeah, come on in. (laughs) Yeah, because that's not, you know, a breach of security at all. (laughs) Ah. 
It's not for Dr. Kane. Not for Dr. Kane. Look at this man. His eyes speak. A, he's an honest man. You can see it in his eyes. Totally normal. <laughs> so. I had to give a shout out to Dr. Kane. <laughs> so then we also have our, our man, our fave, Clint Howard, making a little appearance. His character name is Mr. Toothache. I saw. I'm looking at that right now. That's so good. On IMDb, they call him Mr. Toothache. And I loved it. Uh, that made me laugh out loud, for real. I like that, too. Mm-hmm. We all know that we love some Clint Howard. We've talked about Clint Howard on many episodes. Ticks. Uh, Leprechaun Part 2. Mm-hmm. I think there was another one, too. That There was one that I, I was a part of called The Ice Cream Man. So. Ice cream man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> or he stars in, of course. Yeah, so yeah, we've talked about Clint on the show a lot, so we won't go into that, but he's a great horror guy. I love him. And um, I like the scene. I did like that scene yeah. a lot. Because I could I I mean like I identified with him in some ways and also not like when he was like, Okay, I don't need this anymore. But like, yeah, I, I would not have anyway, I would not have gotten as far as along as him in this like emergency toothache process kind of like bev if he would just shut the fuck up he would have been fine he would have been fine yep no but he just has to keep probing where do i know you from i never forget a face um you know i know i know you i know i know you you know when someone doesn't want to be found that's not the best thing to say to them yeah i know it's like just keep it to yourself until you leave yep and then tell the police (laughs) Okay, so Jeremy Wilkes, played by Jeff Doucette. Um, He is one of our veteran actors in this as well. He has 183 roles under his belt, including Shameless, Desperate Housewives, Entourage, The Mangler Part 2. And I, of course, know and love him from Season 3 of my 90210, uh, Coach, The Show, Splash, there was a Delta Burke show called Delta that he was in. Also, there's a Jamie Lee Curtis movie, and I think Stacey Keach was in it too, called Love Letters. Have you seen that? No, uh-uh. Um, he was in that. Oh. So, he, has, he has a lot of credits under his belt. I like him a lot. He's so much fun. I really dug him in this movie too. Yeah. Jillian McWhorter plays Jamie, you know, your namesake. Yep. (laughs) I don't know a whole lot about this one. I've seen her in like Nowhere to Run and Where Sleeping Dogs Lie, Strange Land. But other than that, I'm not sure. Her last role was in 2010 in something called Urgency, but I don't really know what happened to her after that. Yeah, I haven't really seen her in a lot of things. Mm -mm. No. Um, Oh, Bev. Bev Trotter, played by Suzanne Wright. I love her. I love her. I love her so much. Um, I didn't realize, but I grew up watching her. I knew she looked familiar. Um, in like Party of Five, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, oh, Third Rock oh. from the Sun, Home Improvement. Also, this is a nice little fun fact about her. She volunteers um, and runs a youth program for um, children, obviously. And it lets them write and produce their own plays. 
Oh, well, that's really cool. Isn't that the coolest thing ever? That is so cool. I really like that. I don't know if she's still doing it. That's just something that I read. The program was called, I probably could have researched better, The Heart of Los Angeles Youth. And Mm -hmm. I think that's amazing. That's so, so cool. Just nurturing the the arts and the young folks. She's also an Illinois girl and she graduated from the University of Illinois. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else to add on on Bev because she's so great? I just like loved her character so much. Like I said, there's just something about her that like makes me very drawn to her. Like I want to be her friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would I could have saved her life. Like if we were friends, <laughs> I would have been like, "Oh, what did you find out about that dentist? You're thinking about going over there and asking him questions about it." Um. Maybe not. Let's maybe rethink this. That's good information that you have. Let's keep that in mind and not go over there ever. And she, yeah, she's like, I'm going on a fact-finding mission. I think that's exactly what she says. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's, that's oh, girl, not, no. not a good idea. <laughs> we, should no. always just, we should always just assume that if we suspect somebody of something, they are batshit crazy, and we shouldn't mess with them. Yeah. Because you're going to get your ass killed. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jim Antonio plays Doc Burns. Like the worst dentist, by the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. Except for Steve Martin in Little Shop of Horrors. He was terrible. Like He's he the even, worst. He didn't even want to be a good dentist. He was so gross. And his his tools weren't clean and sanitized. And he just had this one broad up in his chair and cotton was in her mouth and she was choking and he didn't care no and so dr kane comes in to get his cap put back on and bernice the receptionist was super rude to him too and she goes we didn't put that on he's like i know that yeah. i would like to have it resubmitted, please and he, he sits in the chair and he's like these tools are dirty and he's just he's fighting the urge to investigate this doctor and his unsanitary practices and then he finds that old elderly patient that's choking and then doc burns comes in and he's like what are you doing with my patients and he's like you're a terrible doctor mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and he makes him say me. it yeah he makes him say it too he's like say you're an incap what does he say an incapable incapable doc incompetent you're an incompetent inco- un- 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 dentist say it and he's like i'm an <laughs> so he has to say it and then he falls down the stairs but anyway yeah yeah it's so it's awful he's he's a bad doctor but yeah. he's a good actor he uh, is. he's from for me first and ten la law Mannix, rockford files like he goes way back the waltons if you want to go a little more recent into the 90s we have jag and party of five charm chicago hope and american gothic but yeah, he's so fun. He's so fun. Oh, yeah. Did you recognize the woman who played Bernice? Bernice. She is the receptionist. Yeah. She looked really familiar to me. She better. Really familiar. Yeah. What do I recognize her from? The people under the stairs. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's. <laughs> yep. That's where I recognize her from. And Twin Peaks. <laughs> I was going to say I'm looking. Oh, and Vampire in Brooklyn. She's in that, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was also in that 
Andras Jones movie that I told you about, the Attic, Attic Expeditions. Uh huh. Yep. And um, an episode of Baywatch, the Nikki Cox episode, which I just saw on Pluto <laughs> recently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you better recognize her yeah. from oh, yeah, yeah. Under the Stairs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And Twin Peaks too. And Twin yes. Peaks for sure. The remake and the original. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, let's see here. Anyway, her name is um, Wendy Robbie, and I love her. Uh, Jenkins, played by Ralph P. Martin. You know, I don't know much about this guy. Um, I saw him in early edition and Wings and stuff like that, but I don't really know what he's doing now. I don't know a lot of his other credits, but I liked him in this one. I liked him in this, too. I, I don't know if I've really seen him in a lot of other stuff. Like, I... You know, I'm familiar with some of the other stuff he's done, but yeah, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Yeah, for real. Um, Judy Nasmitz plays Margaret. She was the other woman in the dentist chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that scene, by the way. Didn't you just love that scene? Yeah. She, she's in the dentist chair and, and Jamie comes in and and Dr. Kane's getting really upset that Jamie was flirting with her, her old boyfriend and um, he witnessed it and he's getting agitated and he's in her mouth and he's getting really agitated and really aggressive on her teeth. And Jamie's like, we're, we were just friends, you know, from way back. And she's like, yeah, friends from way back. (laughs) It was nothing. It was nothing. (laughs) please leave lady please or get me out of this seat first but yes yes because you're you're agitating the man who's working in my mouth and it's not good for me i'm scared (laughs) (laughs) um she's another one that i don't know a whole lot of i've seen will and grace and dream on also another episode of Baywatch from like season zero, the before they revamped it, which I was telling you guys, she was in the Christina Lee's episode. Oh, I love that episode. So now she, she does have an album apparently called, ba- called balancing act. What kind of music? Fun songs from the artists who brought you variety pack. <laughs> <laughs> or it looks like, yeah, um, it says musical artist. She's got two albums, Balancing Act in 2017 and Variety Pack in 2014. Um, it looks like um, I I could not tell you what kind of music it is. <laughs> Other than it's more, it's fun. It's very fun. <laughs> variety Pack of music. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if it's like a kids album or a comedy album or like, yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, she's got two albums. Yeah, I need to check it out then. Yep. Mm-hmm. What was it called? Variety Pack and what else? And Balancing Act. Oh, okay. Writing it down. Going to check it out. I want to <laughs> know. Yeah, same. Cool. All right. Well, we're almost done here. Audra Weiss plays Shauna, and she only has five other roles, none of which I have seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary Colston plays Glenda. She has four roles, none of which I've seen again. Yep. And, oh, let's see here. Renda Ray Norman plays Dr. Kessler from the beginning. Uh-huh. And I saw her a little bit in the 90s, actually. Um 
she passed away in last year at 62 mm-hmm. years old. Wow. She was in Sister Sister, Boston Public, Silk Stockings, Caroline in the City, and one of Henry's favorite episodes of Tales from the Crypt uh, in season five called Creep Course. That's the Anthony Michael Hall episode. Oh. It's about a mummy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I saw her back in the day, but yeah, she's no longer with us. That's too oh. bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, all in all, a good cast. I like the cast. They had quite an interesting um, script to work with, and I thought they all did it well. Yeah, they did all do it well. Mm-hmm. I like the diner um, waitress. Not the young pretty one, but the one that was had the messed up teeth behind the counter. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I really hope they gave her those messed up teeth, because that's a really awkward ad to answer in the I trades. know. Right? <laughs> Need You're someone like, with we... really messed up teeth. <laughs> yep. And it's like, this is your big chance. <laughs> mm. Yep. That's just like the story they tell um, for Friday the 13th part four. Mm-hmm. The, hit, the hitchhiker girl. I yeah. What her real name is. I think it's Bonnie something or other. Um, there were two scripts. There was the script that she saw and then there was the script that called her, didn't have her, a name or anything. They just called her the fat girl. Yeah. That girl gets stabbed in the throat. Yeah. Apparently she got her hands on that script. Like they gave her that one instead. And they were really, apparently they were really embarrassed. She's like, I know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. But yeah, so good cast. Um, wish it was a better movie, but good cast. Yeah. They, they did what they could with what they had. Yeah. All right prop we would like to own that's right no other props not a single other prop oh what did Uh, you have did you have anything yes um you know i i feel like my picks are like really well i'll I'll just let them speak for themselves Okay. okay so um i i liked bev's purse she had a cute purse it was brown Mm-hmm. Um, you could carry everything needed for your to get your day done with that size. <laughs> liked that. Um, I also liked um the snow globe from South Dakota when they're Ooh, looking like at that. That's a good you know one. when they're looking at his snow globes that he collected. So uh, that was nice. Um, and I guess my pick is I I guess I pick for nostalgic purposes the troll doll with pink hair and a dentist office on our receptionist's desk because I had a troll doll with pink hair and many troll dolls, but not the dentist one. No, mine was red, had red hair and a little diamond. Yep, the diamond. Yeah, Yeah. but I definitely did not have a troll in a dentist office that uh, or a dentist outfit that would not be allowed in my collection. But I guess I wanted (laughs) it from this movie. And that's well, it. That's, I, that's I don't know. <laughs> so I had I had a struggle finding a prop because I couldn't. I like your snow globe option. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I really couldn't find anything that I wanted in this one. But aside from maybe those jelly sandals. <laughs> but I ultimately decided that I want like something that says paradise on it. Like maybe paradise cafe like a menu. Oh, hey, that works. Or maybe a street, or maybe a sign outside, or possibly even the postcard. There you go. The postcard is nice. But I originally said the menu because I don't know. It's so unique to the movie, and mm-hmm. 
I mean, just like I have a mock-up of like the Crave Inn menu from Nightmare Part 4. So mm-hmm. I said, this would be a nice companion piece of Paradise Cafe menu. That would be cool. Yeah. But then also you mentioned like the snow club, which made me think of the postcards. And I said, the postcards would be cool too. The postcards would be awesome, especially if they had something written on them, like notes or something. Mm-hmm. I was also thinking to myself when I was really, really trying to find something, I was like, the 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 lockbox from the bank? No, that's really dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I'm th- then I'm thinking to myself, did he have like a fake passport in that lockbox like they do in those spy movies? But then I couldn't remember if he did or not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't remember the contents of the lockbox, actually, like at money. all. I remember the money. Oh, yeah. There was a lot of money. There was a lot of money. Where did you get all that money? Doctor, doctor. Doctor Kane, Feinstone, whoever else you are. Yeah, whatever the fuck you are, you evil Dennis. <laughs> okay. Special effects. Pew, pew. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, our, first of all, the people who did these effects, one of them was Screaming Matt George. Oh, okay. Does really good goo effects. Like, oh yeah. He worked in society. He did um, like Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four, like that cockroach situation. Like, so he does really good gooey things. So I love him. So I was really Me excited too. to see his name on this. We also have Shay Clayton and Anthony Ferrante and. And just like these, these effects made me look away. So they must be great. They made me look away several times. Like, oh, just all the bloody tooth stuff, the nerve, just the drilling. Ah, yep. Bloody Te- mouths and chipped teeth. Yeah, teeth, teeth flakes just chipping away as it's drilling until it finally hits a nerve. Mm. <laughs> oh, I love Clint Howard when he was like, you're not going to go in there dry, are you, Doc? I'm not anti-nicardic. <laughs> I know. I love that, too. <laughs> I was like, you know, I am not anti-nicardic. No, no narcotic. Blah. I cannot speak today. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I looked away so much in this movie, I can't really say much about the effects because I wasn't watching. I'll just say, like, man, they used, um, like, all of the close-up shots they did of mouths, like, all the close-up mouth shots were, like, oh, so mm-hmm. bad. Like, the, the tooth flakes were very upsetting to me. <laughs> they were very effective, for sure. Because uh, I imagine that's how it would be. Like, mm-hmm. if you were just, like, tearing into a tooth like that, there'd be, yeah. like, ah, just flakes and blood Debris everywhere. And... Ugh. and the the suction thing would be like sucking it up (laughs) i hate that thing i don't like the noise it makes i don't like the noise at all you know i do have i have a toothache every time i go to get my nails done because that nail drill uh for the acrylic sounds Mm -hmm. very much like the tooth drill and as i'm watching this movie i was like yep it really does so every time i go to get my nails fixed it's like uh-huh. I get, I get my a tooth. Little, I get a little toothache, and I really do. Yeah. Oh, I can see it. It sounds very similar. I'm also slightly panicking right now because I think one of my fillings is coming loose, and I'm not happy about this at all. Oh, no. It just doesn't feel right back there, and I'm terrified of another root canal. Oh. <laughs> I'm 
not happy and I'm a, and I'm afraid to go have it checked out because I don't want to know what they're going to tell me. But I know that if I don't go, it's just going to get worse. Yeah, girl, you just got to go. Just got to go. Know that it's not the same dentist as we've seen in, yeah. this, in this movie. In the last movie, it's not going to be like this. I How promise. do you know? He got away. That's true. <laughs> How do you know it could be? And I have, yeah. So, yeah, just, just, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm putting it off. Um, it's pro- honestly like it's probably nothing. It's probably just me being overly worried. But I've had so many issues with my teeth. I'm just scared now. I'm the same way. I understand. <gasps> yeah. Okay. How about Epic Line? This is gonna be totally epic. <laughs> um, this one was hard. This was hard to find an Epic Line. Hard because um, you had too many or too little. Oh, because I had too little. I I mean, I had a few. I had a few that I wrote down, but I was because, okay, so when I was writing my notes, I made sure to write down everything that I thought might have potential because I had a feeling I was going to have trouble. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down a lot of lines, but I've narrowed it down to like two. Okay. So my runner up is our bad dentist. He says something, um, the doctor and him are talking, our, our dentist and him are talking, and he says, then you should know, then you should know better than poking around in another <laughs> dentist's business. <laughs> Who the hell do you think you are? That woman was in respiratory distress. Respiratory distress. Oh, so a doctor that did, traveling the country, saving poor souls from respiratory distress. I should know better than to be poking around in another dentist's business. Because <laughs> I imagine how that that's how it would be. The dynamic between like the small town country dentist and like this big town dentist coming this in and big wanting everything dentist. to be sanitized and fancy. And just right. be like, don't go poking around in another biz- dentist's mouth or another dentist's business. Oh anyway, my God. So I like that. But um, my favorite moment, and it's just because, like, man, it, I mean, literally a character named Jamie says this. The caption on my screen read, Jamie, and then this line. And it's like, yeah, that's me. And it's, why is it so scary to go to the dentist? <laughs> is there anything wrong? No, no, I'm fine. I'm yeah, just cleaning the instruments. Be right with you. Why is it so scary to come to the dentist? It doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah, so it's like literally like a character named Jamie said it like it's me. It's me. <laughs> I have um I had several many lines. I had a whole page of lines actually. Oh. Um I've narrowed it down to Three. Well, for, this is not an epic line, but I, it made me laugh. Was where it, our our dentist, uh, dentist Kane, is freaking out about um, the magazines in his waiting room that they're all out of date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've got to say, I've never been in a waiting room where the magazines are this out of date. So this Same. movie was ni- 1998, and he mentions that you know Desert Storm. Was in 1991, and that's when these magazines are from. 1991. Mm-hmm. Really? Is that what happens in a small town dentist's office? <laughs> this is just rude, though. Then he starts throwing them at her, like chucking them at her. 
That is a horrible way to treat your employee, by the way. I did make a note of that, that that is a awful way to treat your employee. Any other calls, Jamie? No. Desert Storm. Gulf War was over in 1991. That would make this magazine what, Bernice? The answer is out of date. This is an out of date magazine. How, how many times did I tell you to get rid of all of these? I just love it that you start throwing them at her. <laughs> and she just such a, such a rude way to treat your employee. So rude. But then she's like, I think I should leave now. Is. <laughs> You know, a good person would. She's like, I'm I'm leaving now. I'm very uncomfortable here. <laughs> oh, and that scene at the end when he's departing his his house and she goes, I got new magazines. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the magazines were very, very important to him. Yeah. Um, okay, so my but my three runner ups is um one coming from this conversation between him and Jamie where he's saying you're fleeing reality in search of a dream and I'm fleeing a dream in search of reality. And so you're fleeing reality in search of a dream and I'm fleeing a dream in search of reality. I liked it. I did too. Yeah. Wow. It's very, it's very deep. It's very it deep. is. Um, My, we're waiting. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) Jesse. My runner-up is, um, I think it's for Bev. Mm -hmm. Um, this is how we bond our teeth: bonding and bondage. It's all the rage. your teeth? Please let me go. Please let me go. This is how we bond our teeth. Hollywood, see? Bonding and bondage. It's all the rage. (laughs) It's good, but Bev's terror, oh my god, it makes me feel so like, ah. Anxious? Yes. My most epic line, though, is um, when he's he's dreaming his little nightmare and he's being haunted by his past life and his past crimes and his alter ego and everything. And his alter ego is talking to him and taunting him, really. And he's like, having trouble sleeping, Doc? I sure would if I were you, because when it comes right down to it, a cane is just a fine stone. And we all know what a fine stone is, don't we? Oh. You having trouble sleeping, Doc? I sure would if I were you. Go away. Go away! Because when it comes right down to it, a cane is just a fine stone, and we all know what a fine stone is, don't we? <laughs> Poor guy. 
I noted that. I noted that quote as well. I really liked that too. <laughs> he's just trying so hard. Like there's several scenes where he's trying so hard to erase what he done did in part one and to be a good dentist and a good person, but he just can't help himself. But he's he's really, really tormented by who he is, and that made me a little sad. So that was that was very effective acting on Corbin's part, I think. It was. It was. I don't feel sorry for him because he is an awful person. But because he's I, a dentist. <laughs> because he's a dentist. And if he wanted to be a good person, then he should have chose a different profession. <laughs> Couldn't help it. He has a passion for plaque and decay. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? We said decay is always busy, so we're always busy. Yep. <laughs> In part one. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good, good slogan. It is. Oh, yeah. No, but I had a lot of epic lines. I didn't think I, I was having trouble finding some, and then I was finding too many, which is a good problem to have, really. I wrote down a lot. I wrote down a lot, but those those two I mentioned were the ones that stuck most with me. <laughs> Did you happen to write down the um, the Clint Howard um, scene where he's like, you just couldn't have your toothache someplace else, could you? I did. <laughs> That's <fun. laughs> it's kind of the... Um... <sighs> Oh, you just couldn't have your toothache someplace else, could you? <laughs> With the heavy breathing and all. I know. It's, it's kind of the theme for the entire movie, mm -hmm. right? You just end up at the dentist's office on accident because you have nowhere else to go. You just couldn't have your toothache someplace else. And they also mentioned, remember they mentioned like without him being the new dentist because he didn't want to be the new dentist because he didn't want to start over and go crazy again, that the closest dentist is 70 miles away. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. small town life sucks. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. Oh, but he's such a, he's such a, like a, a ladies man too, especially when he's flirting with Jamie and he's like, I love, um, he's like, she's like, I love my dress and how, how do you, know my size and he's like perfect only comes in one size i've never had a man say that to me same <laughs> never once i'm like good, well, good one well it's also a terrible thing to say to somebody too so i mean you know. i'll take it perfect only comes in one size <laughs> i feel like i might give an eye roll though if somebody told me this but i'd be like no really though how do you know my size how did you find that out i did not tell you this did That's Beth creepy. tell you? Did Beth tell you? She would have told you. Did Beth tell she you? doesn't. She doesn't even know. Yeah. <laughs> like guys, do you do you know my size? Like seriously, yeah. it. It's <laughs> oh, a weird so, thing to know. Yeah, and I mean, half the time I don't even know my size because everything fits differently. I never know my size because everything fits so differently. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I'd be like, really though, how do you know my size? Do you know how many times Henry had to go return his jeans because fitting rooms are closed? Oh, yeah. So it, he bought some jeans and they, they didn't fit. So he took them back and returned them for some more. And then they, the ones he brought back, he still had to go back and return them again. This, Dave, this happened within like four days. Yeah. David and I both have a pair of jeans um, sitting on our chair that we need to return because neither pair of our jeans fit us. <laughs> and then I bought a bunch of like jeans from Kohl's.com. Uh-huh. And knowing full well I was going to return half of it. 
Yep. I just didn't know which one I wanted, which size was going to fit best, which size was going to look best. Never bought this brand before. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I took like three items back and I bought five. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's their fault for not having fitting rooms open. I'm just saying. It makes it very hard because, like, again, mm-hmm. all the sizes are different, like, with mm-hmm. different brands, different stores. So you don't really know until you try it on with a lot of stuff. Jeans in particular, they're so for, different. For sure. Yeah. So how do you know my size? I don't even know my size. Yeah. Once when Henry was trying to buy me something, I think it was a coat or something, <laughs> he was apparently he was, like, interrogating the other ladies in the store. Oh, <laughs> trying to find someone that was about my height and size and body type to be like, what size do you wear? Can you try this on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, like it was Aww. something casual, like a coat or something. It wasn't like it was like clothes, but sure. He, was, he didn't know this is early on into our relationship. Maybe we'd been together like two or three years Aww. and he just didn't know. And so, yeah, he told me that he asked the lady. <laughs> About her size. <laughs> she compared He's like, to me. You look about the size of my girl. Okay, all right. Tell me what size you wear. What color what color should I get this in? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So sizing is very difficult. I'm just saying. He's very, yes. very talented if he knew that size. And perfect only comes in one size, apparently. Ooh, I think so. he <laughs> I yeah no I would still be very freaked out though if somebody knew my size that well be like How do you <laughs> what do you want you were in my closet weren't you yeah okay oh let's talk some cinematography Ooh, there were things about the cinematography that I did really like well first of all do you know who our cinematographer is on this who is our cinematographer on this summer Jurgen Baum, and he did a Sorority House Massacre Part 2 oh, and hey. 3. And so oh, we did hey. talk about Part 2 with Peter Spellows. And then he also did a Slumber Party Massacre Part 3. Awesome. He also acted a little bit once upon a time. He was in The Stand, um, I think okay. Episode 1. And also Sorority House Massacre Part 2 and 3. He played Lieutenant Block. And, um, yeah, so we've seen this guy's work recently doing the show. So that's fine. We have. We have. Yeah, but as far as actual shots, what's your feelings? Um, okay, so there was some stuff I really liked. Um, I do like all the use of, um, like, close-ups in this movie. So there's the close-ups of the mouth stuff, which is <laughs> terrifying. But then there's also, like, little close-ups of little details, like um, somebody drinking, like, a Pepsi out of a straw like just little close-up details that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also um uh I really like when they're looking at the postcards. This is one of my favorite shots. They're looking at the postcards and then it becomes like the postcard scene and we're yeah. taken to where he's at, mm-hmm. which is paradise. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I liked it. I like the close-up shots were really good. Um and I just liked a lot of the little kind of like detail shots. Yeah. I liked the postcards as, as a thing, but I like the postcards as the storytelling device of the mm-hmm. private investigator following the postcard trail. Yep. And he's like, hey, you never guess where I'm at now. I'm in paradise. And da, da, da. So, but apparently he was hitting all the places on the postcards because yep. bitch, could, bitch could not tell him which town he was going to be in. She yep. didn't know that her husband had an identity in paradise. Yeah. But um, 
I really like the scene where he's driving and looking at uh, Jamie and her fella on the sidewalk. And just, I like that shot. Mm-hmm. And then I like the shot of him going, again, again. <laughs> First you pick someone that looks just like your wife. And now you think she's doing the exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> So that was fun. Um, let's see. Oh, Bev, Bev's tooth torture. I had that written down. Very effective cinematography with that whole situation. All the mouth shots, great. Um, and the writhing and fear shots too. Just like the yeah. kicks. Uh huh. The eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the hands. Mm-hmm. Those are good. Um, All of it. All of it. Scary. <laughs> I really liked this was good. Um I really really liked when after his final battle he's leaving the house but you don't see what he looks like. You just see him from behind and he's walking out but you see the expressions on all the guests faces. I loved that too. Yeah, and so you don't really know what what they're staring at cuz they start talking to him like he's him and then they just they're like oh like oh like i got all new magazines oh (laughs) exactly and it's like oh this is not right here oh yeah and then he's in his car and he's just like he has all these like nails in his head like pinhead from hellraiser Uh except very very sloppy pinhead and so yeah no wonder they were looking at him all crazy like yeah so yeah. I like that. I like that scene too. Just the fact that they don't show you right away what what happened to him. Yeah, that amazing reveal to his face in the car is really great. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, um, music time. All right, same compo- same composer as last time. Um, I don't really have much to add on the actual music. There were some songs in it that I've never heard before. Hmm. And that also went uncredited, so I'm not sure if they were made for the movie or what. But I did note in the end, it, when he's driving away and laughing to himself, it's sort of like playing over like a a big band ditty almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's like happy music, and he's he's fully cracked now. And I, anyway. This was 1998 when Big Band was was going strong again. Yeah. So it made total sense when I heard that. I'm like, oh, yeah, huh? that was when. Yep. Yep. But yeah, other than that, great score. I like the score from the first one. And it's basically kind of like Witchboard where it's basically the same. Exactly. And then you got a lot of the callbacks to the opera, you know, mm-hmm. stuff that he likes. And then um, in Paradise, there's a couple moments when it's kind of introducing Paradise and the small town feel. It's kind of got like a country kind of sound oh, yeah. to it. So that was fun. Yeah. Like Andy Griffith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Great. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How well did this one age? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing is, because they're in a small town, yeah, they're already like it's not like they're into high fashion. Exactly, so you don't have that giving it away. 
Uh, you don't have all the fancy technology to give it away. Like they don't right. even have a dentist office. They don't even have more than one dentist. When when one dentist goes away, they didn't have one for 70 miles. So there's not a lot of those modern conveniences that maybe would date a movie, except for perhaps in the fashion um, that was my fashion moment, the jelly sandals, because those aren't really a thing anymore. They're not. not. Other than that, other than that stuff, though, there's not really anything like time specific, like era specific necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. But it's got it's definitely the movie itself definitely has like a late 90s mm-hmm. feel. Mm hmm. Just, I don't know, something about it doesn't really feel like it was made yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Agreed. Completely. Mm-hmm. Okay. The twist on this one, as I said, it's very twisty. Um, <laughs> so first, he escapes from the asylum stepfather part two style, right? Uh-huh. Twist one. Twist one. <laughs> and then twist two he already had a previous identity in a small town twist three brooke is alive yep twist four brooke is tracking him down (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) and then we have like the brooke jamie showdown i like to call it oh yes battle of the blondes yes which was thoroughly bizarre and poor jamie had no idea what was going on brooke knew all about him but jamie didn't know what was happening and if Jamie knew what was happening, she would have helped that. She would have helped Brooke. She would have helped her fellow lady, but she had no idea. You know, she should have helped her anyway because she was just tied to a freaking chair. Yeah. So that should be enough to tell you that this guy is crazy and bad news, and someone who is attacking him, and maybe there's a reason. I know. You don't usually have, like, you know, yeah, you don't see that every day. Like, obviously, there's something off with this guy if a woman's yeah. trying to kill him right now. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And by the way, Brooke's killing outfit was fire. Like, oh, she was my- hot. I wrote that down, too. Like, I love her little, like, her little, like, um, kind of, like, garter that he- she had, like, the scissors in. And I, oh, that is, that is the look. It's her assassin <laughs> outfit. Yeah, it totally is. If I wasn't so in love with the jelly sandals, she would have been my fashion moment. <laughs> her I assassin did, outfit. I, I did write her assassin outfit down as one of my runners up, like as one of my possibilities. Because yeah. it was good. It was good. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, and like I mentioned before, how many other identities does this guy have? For all we know, like 10 to 100 right at least 10 i'm sure and it's so interesting because it's not like he's just going and assuming someone else's identity just showing up saying i am dr kane these people already know him he's already he's already established this yeah in person Mm -hmm. he spent his whole life doing this or what yeah i know how did that how did how do you anyway how did he have a multiple personality yeah how did he have like a whole life like start a thriving dentist practice, mm-hmm. you know, and also be setting up these false identities in other small communities. Right. All at the same time. That takes a lot of travel, a lot of planning. Like, yep. how? His wife had no idea, but she did apparently because she knew about the postcards. Mm-hmm. She yeah. knew there were places. Mm-mm-mm. I'm just really curious on the backstory of this. I would love to see a prequel, actually. Ooh, like everything that led up to this. Like when yeah. he was like 
when he was a dental student and he was setting up these things because somewhere deep in the back of his mind, even though, you know, he seemed normal, like a cool yep. dentist guy, he's yep. a dentist. So back in his mind somewhere, there's evil that lives there. Like Psycho Part 4. Yeah. I don't, don't know if you've seen Part 4. Um, the one with Olivia Hussey in it. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's Norman's whole entire backstory from child until present day and how he yeah. got how, how he got that way. So I like yeah. that. I like that. I would love to see a dentist prequel because um, I want to know more about this guy. And I want to know how he did it and why he did it and what what happened to make him do it. Yeah. What was, I'd, wa- what, I'd watch what it. What was the event that made him do it? And since no one knows about this movie now, it could be marketed as a brand new movie. Okay. <laughs> totally. And, and then only the people in the know, well, you know, this was actually a prequel. It could be called mm-hmm. like... The dentist, the beginning. Ooh. <laughs> the the dentist. first toothache. The first toothache. The dentist origins. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Well, I mean, fun fact. There was um, a part three that was going to be made, but it was never made. But Trimark did green light another sequel to this. So there was supposed to be a wow. part three. Oh, wow. Yep. They already gave it the go-ahead, but it never quite happened. Maybe they didn't have a script that they liked. Yeah. Because honestly, the script, except for the epic lines as a whole, was mm, not so great. Yeah, I like the script so. in part one way better. Mm-hmm. Same. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the story on this one. Um, I basically just said all the things that I already just said. Yeah. <laughs> And what I said previously, he's just, he's trying to be sane, but he's, he's just, he's not doing very well. And he thinks that if he just doesn't practice dentistry anymore, he'll be okay. <laughs> Obviously not the case because he's, even before he goes back to being a dentist, he's mm-hmm. like, he's like pulling out his stitches. He's having nightmares, you know, yep. he's not okay. He's not okay. He's trying to be, but he's not okay. But I do love, I do kind of love a, a sequel or like a, a movie in a franchise mm-hmm. where like our 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 psycho, our our bad guy or whatever is kind of like at that stage. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's like a really interesting stage of like a mm-hmm. quote psycho's kind of like timeline mm-hmm. um, where they're like trying, they're trying mm-hmm. really hard, but like it's just inside them and they can't escape it. Have you seen Strangeland? No, I haven't. Oh, well, it's not a sequel. It's a one movie and it's a short movie. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes. I but know there, the cover vividly. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. There's a moment in that where our our psycho is rehabilitated and he's just trying to integrate back in society and be good again. And he really genuinely wants, wants to be good again. And um, he was doing very well until, you know, they basically like torched him Freddy style almost like just. Oh. That'll do it. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. He was definitely on board with with being a good guy now. He even had, you know, all the makeup on his face to cover up all of his tattoos, his face tattoos and stuff. Like he was he was totally into being being a good guy now. And then it was like, you know what? Nah. Never mind. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> all right. Scary rating on this one. I had a serious discomfort. I will call, I will say that I had to turn away. 
ever do that with movies. I really don't. Same. As we said in the first movie, I don't like dentists. I don't like teeth stuff. So, yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. And I had to look away. For that, I will give it like, I think I gave it a five or a six last movie. And I'll kind of give it the same. Maybe I'll give it a seven. A six and a half. A six and a pile of tooth flakes. <laughs> I think last one you gave it five and three chipped teeth or something yes. like that. Yes. So I'll give this one six and a pile of uh, tooth flakes because it di- I did have to look away and I never have to do that. Yeah. So it yeah. does get some points for that because that's rare that I yeah, do that. It definitely gets gore points for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's gore points because it's not it's over not like, the top. It's, yeah. it's realistic gore. That's mm-hmm. why it's effective. It's not like where you're watching the movie going, yeah, right. Yeah. No, exactly. this is like, oh, God, yes, right. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give it um, a six as well. I'm going to give it um, a six and an exposed nerve. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know what we're laughing at, but Jesse just flinched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thought of exposed nerve. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was awesome. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's a six, Jesse, and not a yes. zero. That's why it's yes. a six. Point taken. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly my point. Even just saying it affected you. <laughs> okay. Now, overall movie rating, movie as a whole, and the okay. winner is. <sighs> okay. See. I wanted to like this one, and I thought I really did like this one. But picking it apart, I realized I didn't actually like it that much. For me, it's like a a three and a half mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me. I mean, I'll probably watch it again, but it's going to be a few years at least. I'll watch part one again for sure. But, I mean, this one is – if I watch it again, it's going to be for Bev. That's She's going to be the reason. I'm going, you know what? I really want to see – see Bev again I'm gonna watch this movie that's it I mean I would totally take like a Bev um spinoff movie oh yeah oh she's dead never mind hey (laughs) you know what but there's possibilities there being dead doesn't stop a sequel or a spinoff movie from happening necessarily never so I'd watch I'd I'd watch a spinoff right or it could be like a Brooke situation oh it wasn't dead after all Ha ha. Mm -hmm. she just looked dead yeah, she was reprieved at the last moment. But yeah, yeah. So, well, I am gonna say I'm gonna give this one a four. Okay. Okay. Um, I probably won't. Probably the only reason I would rewatch this one is if for some reason we decided to revisit it a couple of years down the line and said, you know, maybe we didn't give it a fair <laughs> shake. Let's get another chance. Because you know. <laughs> to just watch more tooth torture (laughs) i think i'll go with part one but i still i really want to see the prequel of this i want to see what would happen i feel like they could pick a really good a really fun actor too to like portray like young him yeah and then they could go like back and forth to like present day Mm -hmm. him now you know 70 year old corbin or however old he is i'm not really sure but yeah, like him now, looking back on him then. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I want a prequel. I want a prequel. I want to know what made this guy snap. I really do. Mm-hmm. Besides yeah. his wife, because he already had it in him. He did have it in him. Yeah, because he was already planning his, his departure. 
Mm-hmm. All right, I got some fun facts, a little bit. This is your opinion? Yeah. It's a fact. Okay, so um, Gordon Ramsay filmed an episode of his show Kitchen Nightmares in um, the restaurant Sam's Kebab Room, and this restaurant was the one used in the movie, apparently. Oh, fun. All right. Uh, let's see. Several times in the movie, there is use of Alan um, Haworth's theme in Stinger from Halloween Part 2. Hmm. Let's see here. Uh, I talked about the sequel never being made. This is funny. During the filming of the scene where Dr. Finestone is digging the grave, the producer um, and the director came to the owners of the house and like, hey, we want to dig up your yard a little bit. And they're like, no. No, you're not. And so instead of actually digging, they laid down a piece of plastic and put dirt on it so it would look like he was digging in a garden, but it wasn't. There you go. So there you go. It's a workaround. Yeah, tricky filmmaking. Um, Apparently, Lee Dawson didn't want to do the nude scene with Jillian, which is usually, isn't that the opposite way? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Clint Howard and Corbin Birdson both starred in Keys, which is a two-part episode of Seinfeld. Oh. This time, Dr. Feinstein's driving an Explorer Mm. instead of a Lexus. And this made me chuckle because knowing how films are made, I never assume that like when there's a corpse, there's an actual actor in there, you know, because now you have to pay someone. To lay yep. there and do nothing unless you have to see them. If they're covered and you don't see them, whatever. But it says that um, they only had Clint Howard for um, like a day or something, right? For his his filming. And so <laughs> they just faked like it was Clint Howard with the shoes when they were burying him. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of assumed that wasn't really Clint Howard in there. Same. Or anybody really <laughs> in there. I always assume that it's a dummy. Yep, same. So now you have to pay another actor, but you know. Anyways, not as many facts on this one as there was in part one, but still fun. Yeah, there are some good ones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anything else to add on the dentist part two? Uh, I guess um, just as I said last time, beware the dentist. <laughs> exactly. It is shout out time. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Summer. How you doing, boo? I'm doing awesome. <clears throat> Let's try that again. I am doing <laughs> awesome. How are you? Good. <laughs> Very well. Thank you. I I really loved seeing your reaction <laughs> just now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you. The nerve. I, I'm glad that my torment has amused you both. So that's. Yeah, it amuses us greatly. <laughs> didn't expect it from just one word you're like oh well because the problem was like i was listening to your description but you know when you're saying like realistic gore and everything you know i'm i'm putting that in my head but i'm not really focusing on it but then when you said exposed nerve then my brain's like well that's an absolute thing that i've dealt with when i got Uh one of my uh fillings way back when i was like 16 years old and oh my god that was one of the most Paint, like like I got the Novocaine shot like three times because the dentist is like I cannot 
seem to make it numb enough. You're like, and she eventually she's like, it's gonna hurt more than it it usually does. There's literally nothing I can do. So I'm like, awesome. So oh. that was my experience with the exposed nerve. Um, so that's why oh, I flinched Jessie. the way I did. Oh. Yep. And uh, so this has been Jesse's therapy session as of uh, for for the dentist. But <laughs> anyway, we've all had some dental trauma here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I I told Henry that I I called him out for having perfect teeth and never having had it to have any dental trauma on the last episode. I mean, I am I am thankful that I have not had any major work done since my high school years. So at least that's true. So I haven't had any like adult um, dental problems or anything like that. But um, in any case, um, as much as I want to keep um, talking about uh, the awesome visits to the dentist that I just, you know, I take copious notes. I buy postcards. I send it to the whole family. Like it's it, it's a whole thing. Like oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with this, but <laughs> and obviously a special thanks to all of uh, you listeners out there for all of your tremendous support. And a reminder that we could be found wherever you can find podcasts and you can follow us on all the social medias like Facebook and Instagram at the Dolls of Horror and Twitter at just Dolls of Horror. And if you prefer email and want to reach out, say hi, give us some feedback or even some movie suggestions, you can at the Dolls of Horror at Yahoo.com. And if you're willing and able to help support the show so that it can keep growing, please feel free to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the dolls of horror, where we originally were giving away episodes out a week in advance. But because we have our entire back catalog all fully caught up now, you get access to the entire back catalog in advance, which we currently have um, at least four unreleased episodes to this point. You have access to the entire back catalog instead of Mm -hmm. just one episode at a time. So there's at least four episodes that we have not yet released yet. So um, there's a lot of content out there and you get it in advance and, you know, you can taunt the other Dolls of Horror fans saying, like, I know what's coming up or, you know, however you taunt people, whatever works for you. Um, (laughs) And in addition to that, you also will have your name entered permanently into a regular drawing for a free Dolls of Horror T-shirt that we will announce every month during our monthly live stream. We have our fans participate also in the live stream during the live stream killer trivia duel, which we're going to reenact uh, or reinstate rather um, next month. And it's uh, it's really fun. Uh, we the, the first one that we did so far was um, a big success and um, mm-hmm. really looking forward to doing it again. We've just been having uh, scheduling issues to get that set up, but we're definitely going to be doing that uh, sometime in the month of May. And you can win even more Dolls of Horror merch for participating, and especially if you win. And if you just want to check out our entire catalog to see all of the wacky things that we can put our awesome logo on, just follow the link in the description. And shout out to Mr. Daryl Hook, who won our drawing on our last live stream at time of recording for the free Dolls of Horror t-shirt. So I've already got that ordered for him. So it's going to be a few weeks, but it's ordered. It's going to be sent directly to him. And so I'm so excited um, to see it on him and to, you know, have him show us some Dolls love. Yeah. Also, we need da- to see that pick. Send yeah. a pick. Yeah. Also, David O'Hanlon also ordered a Dolls of Horror shirt, which he has not received yet. But I'm very excited for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. <Exactly. laughs> 
So David O'Hanlon is going to be our guest at some point in the near future, Jamie. Yes, yes, he's awesome. Yes, I'm so excited. And we're going to be discussing the movie with him, Sleep Stalker. I've talked about it a couple of times. And this happened literally just like yesterday where he um, he was showing off his stack of movies that he bought, right? And Sleep Stalker was in the pile. And I'm like, dude, I mention that movie all the time. He's like, True. I love it. And so I was like, well, if you love it and you know it because not many people do, how about that one? And so that's going to happen soon, too. Yes. Yes. So, Jesse, um, we talked about this actually on our live stream. Um, the possibility <laughs> of doing a Evil Dead month. <laughs> we have. We did indeed talk about that. Are you guys in favor of an entire month of nothing but Evil Dead? I am. I like, love Evil Dead. I mean, I mean, I'm absolutely down for that because... It's... How many movies are there, including the remake? Is it four? Oh, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I forgot about the remake. Yeah, so there would be four total. Um, yeah, that would be perfect. So Timing. yeah, we could fit a whole month. A whole month of Evil Dead coming up in the next few months, probably towards the end of summer. I'd be so cool with that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love awesome. Evil Dead. And Jesse is going to be our guest for one of those for sure. Yeah, so we're going to get some more Jesse time in. Whoop, whoop. Yay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Other podcast shout outs. Uh, Wes and Kevin over at It's a Horror Podcast doing their thing. And also Brian and Daryl and Kate over at the Saturday Night at the Movies podcast. Um, They're still putting them out, making me laugh. Love them for it. Thank you, boys and lady. <laughs> very, mm -hmm. very much. <laughs> and I don't know. Um. Should we do a con talk? Yeah. Con talk? Let's do it. Well, let's see here. At time of recording, I when this comes out, I think Days of the Dead Vegas may already happen. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but if it hasn't, it's going to be great, and I'm sure it's great. But Days of the Dead Indie is next, July 16th. And they have Richard Dreyfus, Danielle Harris, Susan Backliney from the uh, Jaws. She's the first victim. Mm -hmm. Tom Sizemore, uh, Renee Banks from Dawn of the Dead, and Jeffrey Voorhees from Jaws. He was the little boy on the yellow mm -hmm. raft from Jaws. So they're having a little Jaws thing happening between Richard and Susan and Jeffrey. So it's going to be great over in Indy. I'm so excited to get my um, finally get a Richard Dreyfuss autograph. Finally, 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 finally. Yes, I am so excited and we are going to be there. Yes, I'm so excited to hang out with Jamie and to be roomies and have a sleepover. No, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so much fun. Um, then after that, I have, I'm not sure if Jamie's going to be able to come, but Henry and I are going to be at Days of the Dead Atlanta on August 27th. And that's looking to be an E.T. reunion, guys. we got Henry Thomas. We have Dee Wallace, Robert McNaughton. And then we're also doing, oh my gosh, they've added some people since I looked last. This is so exciting. we got a Friday the 13th Part 2 reunion, guys. Yay. 
Bill Randolph, Lauren Marie Taylor, Marta Kober, who was my epic hair moment when we did our episode, Tom Savini, uh, uh, and Kristen Baker. Oh my god, that's so exciting. I haven't met any of these people. Tom Savini? Right. Ah, I'd love, I to, know. Meet ah, I'd love to meet him. Right? Oh, that would be awesome. I love his stuff in the burning. His burning stuff I, is oh, awesome. I just love him. I, oh my God, I would freak out. I'd freak out quietly. And I mean, inwardly, but that's so cool. <laughs> you would keep it together for the meeting, but then you would lose your shit when we walked away. I would. <laughs> After we left, I'd be, ah, ah! <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to say. I couldn't even say words. I'd be like, oh. well, how it would happen is, is we would walk up together. And you would mumble something inaudible, mm-hmm. and I would translate for you. She says hi. I know. I'd be like, <laughs> she says it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm just, uh. She's a big fan. No idea what you're saying right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's how it would work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't worry. We have a translator. She speaks it well. She speaks. Jamie, right here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Warrington Gillette will be there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So Atlanta's going to be a great time. They only have one guest announced for Chicago in November because it's, it's so far away. But that is Christy Swanson, and I'm so pumped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so, so excited for that. She better not cancel. That's all I got to say. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's November. It's, it's, hard. it's hard to tell what's going to happen between now and then. It is. You know, because sometimes, you know, they get a job and they got to go work. So, I mean, it happens. Let's try it happens. Yes. So, this year's conventions, because last year was such a bummer. They're going to be great. And I'm so excited. So, let's all get vaccinated so we can go hang out at cons together. Yes. <laughs> awesome sauce. Okay. Um, do you have anything else you want to add, Miss Jamie? No, except um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for joining us on this tour of Tooth Decay and Terror. (laughs) Tooth Decay Ah. and Terror. (laughs) And with that, I'm Summer. And I'm Jamie. And you've been listening to the Dolls of Horror podcast. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. This has been a presentation of the Dolls of Horror. New episodes are uploaded every week. If you'd like to reach out and say hello to the dolls, send them an email at thedollsofhorror at yahoo.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram, both at the Dolls of Horror or on Twitter at Dolls of Horror for bonus content. And if you really like the podcast and want to support them financially so that they can keep making episodes, consider sending them a donation. Follow the link in the description or go to patreon.com slash the dolls of horror for more information. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,
maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. I'm glad that my torment has amused you both. So that's. Yeah, it amuses us greatly.